0: Discussion keeps the world turning.
1: This is Roundtable.
0: China's market regulator, the State Administration for Market Regulation, has recently put a stop to the use of the so-called fresh lamps in grocery stores and supermarkets. These unnatural light sources installed above fresh meat and vegetables often mislead consumers by creating a false sense of freshness. But since December the 1st, 2023, vendors across the country have been demanded to remove such installations, and this should help consumers get a good look at the products they are hoping to buy. I'm Lolai Ming, and this is Roundtable. Today, my colleagues New Hauling and Brandon Nye's will discuss the new regulation to see whether it is achieving its intended results. Now, a few days after the regulation went into effect, let's see what has happened. So are butchers and grocery store uh, vendors uh, trying, uh, uh, complying with the new regulation and uh, had these lambs removed?
2: Well, according to um, news reports, definitely most of them are changing their so-called fresh produce designated lights to regular (laughs) lights. Because actually, uh, for those business that violate the rules by using these special kind of lumps or lights improperly and refuse to correct it may be fined between 5,000 and 30,000 yuan by the market supervision and management departments, which means they kind of have to apply this new rule. And the Rule itself actually um, saying that when selling fresh edible agricultural products, one must not use lighting or other uh, facilities that significantly alter the true color and sensory characteristics of the edible agricultural products, misleading consumers' perception of the goods. So, technically speaking, they didn't specifically say that uh, fresh light. Well, fresh produce lights are not let's say, acceptable. They're just saying you should not use the kind of lighting or maybe smell or any other thing that would mislead consumers.
0: Brandon, do you understand the regulation? Do you know what we're talking about with regard to fresh lamps?
1: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with it. It's it's quite disturbing, almost. I would say that there are vendors out there that think it's okay to mislead consumers into thinking that they could potentially be buying fresh, you know, fruit, vegetables, or meat, and it's actually you know not not the case. Yeah, because I mean, besides the fact that it's you know could be wasteful in terms of money because food will last longer than less long than you expect. There's also a health element to it as well because you don't want to be You know, serving food to your friends or family or to yourself that could potentially be um, no longer fresh. Um, It it could definitely cause some health issues. So I think it's a great uh, step to ensure that people that sell um, you know agricultural products that they are taking more responsibility in terms of ensuring that they are uh, honest with the people that they are selling their products to. Yeah,
2: But actually, some butchers are saying, our meat is up to standard. I have never experienced any kind of complaint. And if you think they're not fresh enough, you are very welcome to come back and I'll refund you and I'll just put it in the trash bin. And Mm. um, changing the light, well, I can change it, but it's not that big a deal, in my opinion. Some of the butchers are saying this.
0: What's tricky about this uh, situation before the regulation was put in place is uh, can't really establish intent, really, because unless you get exactly, lots of yeah. complaints uh, from consumers saying they've been misled uh, by the lighting, uh, m- lighting meaning uh, some maybe some lights that will throw a uh, red hue, throw a red hue to the meat mm. products, or or light, lights that will throw some green hue to mm. fresh vegetables to make, to make them look fresher, that kind of thing. So there, there are some level of complaints coming from consumers, but the, the complaints are not directly to every single retailer that's doing this. And honestly, I mean, it seems to me, I mean, uh, like a gesture... More like an arms race between different retailers. So mm. one can one retailer goes out of the way to present their products in a more favorable like and what follows is other consumers and retailers. Yeah. other retailers <laughs> will, will do the same thing, and yep. so uh, as a result, so much so that we are lo- now looking. Well, we used to be looking at an uh, industry sort of a standard or common practice that a lot of uh, vendors, butchers and vendors were are doing.
1: I think um, you mentioned the key point there is establishing intent will be something very difficult for regulators to enforce because how can you prove that someone is lighting their products to make it you know, look fresher than it actually is? Maybe they're just using that lighting to display their products better. So I think it is going to be, it's a great notion to try and enforce Um, you know, these vendors and, you know, uh, these people that are selling these products to make sure that they are being honest with their customers. But I think it's going to be very difficult to prove anyone that is not doing that, if that makes sense. Right. That kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah. And also, according to research, actually, people remember the color of fresh products as being more saturated than they really are. Mm. If you take an exam or certain kind of questionnaires, Putting out uh, what, in your opinion, is the real color of an apple. It mm-hmm. must. It might be redder than you think. And also, when it comes to actually choosing a product, consumer preferences go even further. They want a color that is even more saturated than what they remember. So I think that also yeah. is a factor that leads to all these merchants trying to make mm. their product look redder and greener. I mean, you and- can take
1: it even further, like with food marketing. I know when, you know, a lot of these fast food chains, when they uh, promote their products on television and, and on online and that sort of thing, they polish the foods and they use specific lighting and everything, not to necessarily make the food look fresher, but just to make it more appealing visually. So there are different reasons why lighting is used to um, promote products. But I think when it comes to health, it's very important to try as hard as possible to make sure that safe products are being sold out there yeah
2: that is definitely the key point for yeah. this round of regulation which is why now supervision and related departments are trying to first especially for the first batch trying to locate the um, fresh meat stands the butcher's shops right. to tackle the issue and um One very interesting thing I noticed during the research is that there is actually a uh, color rendering index, or CRI measures, the ability of a light source to actually reveal colors. Um, We actually say natural sunlight has a CRI of 100. And according to regulation of China's agriculture, Um, architecture lighting standards, the color rendering index for lighting in places like farmer's markets, supermarkets, and stores should be no less than 80, which means it should be able to have consumers see the product in their real colors. But for certain wet markets in relatively um, smaller um, cities, actually the CRI is quite low, which means you cannot really find the little let's say, imperfect spots Mm. of an apple. You cannot really tell whether or not the meat is fresh enough. So it's not only about the color of the product that is being showcased under special lights. It's also about being able for, well, making sure that consumers can actually see all the little details they want to see for the fresh product.
0: Mm -hmm. What what I'm concerned with is whether this is a regulation that's, enti- that's entirely necessary because there are many ways to look at this. For instance, uh, as somebody who goes to the grocery store who is, ex- who is an experienced consumer, he or she would know that a lot of the products are being cast in a more favorable light.
1: I must yes. say I, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm quite a regular grocery store, um, you know, user. Mm-hmm. I I go, I go to
2: you buy your own fresh meat and cook.
1: Uh, no, but yourself? I mean, I go, but I go to the grocery store and buy fruits and vegetables and uh, cooked meat mm. pretty much every single day. And I don't think I would be able to tell if specific lighting is being used to make my food look fresher or, you know, less potentially dangerous.
0: You're so, new to China.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't... We, But then again, we might have those sorts of tricks being played by companies in South Africa too, but, you know, the consumer wouldn't know about it. So you can be a very experienced food shopper, um, but you might not necessarily know about these industry tricks, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, when you're doing grocery shopping, have you by any chance seen... Uh, Somebody, some other fellow consumer, taking the meat out of the light and then into regular light. No, honestly, I haven't. I don't
1: think. Maybe, maybe it is something that I've seen before that I didn't notice, but I've never actively, knowingly seen someone take meat and try and see it in a different form of lighting. I've never seen
0: that before. Yeah. (laughs) So so it seems to me that I have been taking things for granted. I, for (laughs) one, have always thought that everybody's aware of the situation, or of the tricks that these uh, retailers are doing. I honestly had no idea. No? No idea, yeah. Oh, okay.
2: And also, actually, it's not that easy to tell whether or not they're using this deceiving kind of lighting because it's not always that red. They can add a tint of red in the colour ring so that it looks a little bit fresh. You would never know. And that is why taking a photo with a smartphone can reveal the abnormal colours under the fresh lights, helping identify them in supermarkets so you can actually take a picture of the meat and look at the colour of, I don't know, the plate holding it or some but other stuff. But hopefully some of
1: these new regulations take away some yes. of the responsibility from the consumer to try and figure out if if their market is playing tricks on them.
2: That is a good point because one I mean Leming was saying, are we already aren't we already aware of the situation? It's not our responsibility to aware, it shouldn't to be, be yeah. aware. Yeah. Okay. Not
0: everybody <laughs> is aware of the situation, <laughs> sure. But then again, let me Ask the other question, and that is: Shouldn't it be the responsibility of the supervisors, or the regulators, or even the supermarket or grocery store owners, to make sure whatever products they are showcasing are up to the standard? One hundred Shouldn't there be already existing regulations I mean, demanding people to 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 comply to to prevent consumers from being harmed in this sense?
2: Hmm. Well, definitely there are different kinds of regulations making sure that, for example, the shelf life of certain product is regulated, uh, making sure that the meat you sell is supposed to be fresh to a certain extent. But the thing is now we are trying to um, or we are already implementing this new rule to make sure that for those very honest butchers that are selling really (laughs) fresh meat, they are not being um, overly competitive petited or win over by those who are merely using some red light. It's probably so also it's quite not- tricky
1: to enforce those regulations as well, particularly when it comes to, like you said, smaller cities, wet markets, you know, not necessarily these massive food chains. So if you're just a street vendor in a small city and, you know, there isn't like a, a regulator over your shoulder, it's probably quite tempting to use some tricks to try and, you know, um make more profit.
2: And when it comes to Twix, actually with the development of technology, I have to say the tricks are up leveling their games as well. Mm. That is why we're constantly upgrading regulations to make sure something as trivial as lighting would not let's say affect your right mind to make the right decision.
0: Mm, I'm still not convinced (laughs) because from my standpoint, I look at the use of so-called fresh lamps as a way to out-compete fellow retailers. It's not saying that they are using these lamps to conceal something that's already substandard. They're they're getting a leg up when when they are using this kind of shenanigans or tricks because consumers are looking for ever fresher commodities rather than substandard commodities. So by using these fresh lamps, and peop- and they are stressing the feature, the special feature of certain commodities that, that they like to stress. Mm. So but I think
1: that's similar. The, yeah, the concern with that is also that it seems even though they are competing with each other, these companies, and trying to get a leg up on their competitors, the person that potentially suffers isn't the companies, it's the consumer, I guess. So you have to hope that there's regulations being either drafted or, or currently being put into place that isn't trying to, you know, benefit the the companies themselves, who a lot of them are probably billion yuan companies or whatever, but protecting you know your average ordinary consumer that is not aware of
0: these 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 tricks. I couldn't help but imagine certain consumers will be disappointed. They will think that oh the good days are gone. <laughs> I w- I can never be I can never be able to find fresh meat that I used to buy at the <laughs> supermarket because the the meat that just doesn't look as fresh as they used to be.
1: I see what you're saying so a lot of these tricks are actually not necessarily trying to make you know off off food look fresh it's to make Fresh fruit, Fresh food fresh, so fresher. fresher. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's trying to embellish their product right. rather than hide something.
2: I don't know. I think for a consumer, I don't necessarily have to walk into a shop where all the meats are demonstrated under red light and the seafood are demonstrated under cold-colored light. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't really necessarily have to experience the kind of shopping experience that I walk into a fresh vegetable stall and having all this, spray of water mm. and the... What keeps the vegetable fresh? I mean, what's the harm in that? But for there's me, no but, harm, but it's yeah. just
0: too much.
2: But if
1: I had to choose between food looking better, you know, as opposed to sacrificing safety, I would definitely rather choose, look, take away the lighting and, you know, make my food look less pretty. But at least I know that what I'm purchasing is safe. So if I had to make that choice between, oh, like my strawberry doesn't look as pretty anymore, but at least I know that it's 100% safe, I think that's a a a choice worth making as a consumer.
0: Sure. Still, you're taking away the shopping experience. I mean, this doesn't apply only to grocery. Uh, Imagine, let's say, uh, just recall last time Team Cook came out and promoted a new product by Apple. I mean, (laughs) just remember, try and remember the light Mm. that they used to cast their products.
1: Yeah, but I, you're not going to eat your iPhone. <laughs> so there's probably it's just the safety element that I'm thinking about. You know, um, I think look, there is probably going to be a reduced shopping experience with you know these uh, lights and you know tricks and techniques being taken away to make foods look pretty and more appealing to the consumer. But I think the overall goal of protecting the consumer safety, I think is is it, it, ha- it has to be more important. So you're yeah. saying
0: food is a, an exception. Food is more important than other commodities, whereas it is okay for retailers or vendors to uh, throw a favorable like yeah. on other commodities that people don't eat. I think there's more of a okay. risk
1: I think there's more of a risk factor with food. Um, Just because I think if you do eat food that you've been misled about, it can really be detrimental to your health.
2: In the meantime, merchants selling lights are definitely trying to come up with new ideas to uh, adapt to this new role. Actually, if you search on Taobao nowadays, you can find the special kinds of, well, they're still calling themselves fresh lights, but they their advertisement started to become, it can bring out the colors and textures of your fresh food better. It can showcase the detail of the texture of the meat better. If your product is really good, people would be able to see that good in your product mm. better, which, in my opinion, is a better direction when it comes to fresh lights. Yeah,
1: so it probably encourages these companies to actually uh, produce better products as opposed to trying to embellish products that are standard or substandard.
0: Mm. So New are only is saying the, these uh, fresh land manufacturers, they'll dial it down, they change the description of the products, and they're still selling them.
2: Yeah, they are, no, they are coming up with new products allowing you to uh, have a light in your market with a CRI equal to, or at least equal to 100 or even, well, or just above 80, which would bring out all the details of your really fine product, telling people how fine they are.
1: Mm -hmm. But not to the point where it's misleading customers, right? Exactly.
2: Before
0: we move on, one last question uh, to allow me to put uh, Brandon on the spot. Yes, sure. food we can't we couldn't afford to be careless with food uh, what about the practice of you know, you know spreading uh, fresh fragrance of freshly made uh, produce a uh, fresh made pastry mm-hmm. when you walk around uh, maybe a bakery shop or a pastry shop yeah you know the smell mm. you do know that some of the <laughs> smells are manufactured
1: oh right yeah but then again i think yes that is it makes their product more competitive and it is a sneaky way to promote your product. But then again, I don't think it's potentially leading people to make Choices that could affect their health. I mean, I guess health, in a sense, it probably does make someone more likely to purchase, you know, a cake as opposed to um, fruits and vegetables. Um, but it's not a detrimental health issue.
2: Mm, and also, if you walk into a shop, but it is shop. sneaky. <laughs> it <laughs> is very sneaky. <laughs> there are sneaky actions all around. You walk into a shop selling dresses. The mirror looks you thinner and prettier mm-hmm. in that dress. You Gyms go too. into, yeah, and also going to a cosmetic shop. The lighting makes you look prettier in the mirror than in broad daylight and all these and also the music in a shop in a restaurant may make you eat faster so Mm -hmm. they can have more consumers i mean all these i can accept advertising but a light that makes my meat more fresh fresher than they should be maybe no yeah so all up for the new regulation.
0: There you go. And uh, <laughs> Following that logic, the, the market regulator should have plenty of work to do. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up is our Motivational Monday segment, where each of us will share an inspirational quote to get all of us in the right spirit for the week.
2: Motivational Monday. Motivational Monday.
0: Welcome back to Motivational Mondays. <laughs> Let's begin with uh, Brandon yes
1: Yes. So my chosen quote is, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us, from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh-huh. What I like about that is, is that- Is he a Jedi? Uh, I have no Master. idea. Master? <laughs> but it's, he could be. Um, but what I like about that is it's basically saying you're- your past and your future and your outside factors don't really affect what lies within you. So no matter what kind of circumstances you find yourself in or no matter how poor your start was in life or whatever you're dealing with, your inner strength can lead you to achieve things that you may seemingly think are impossible. So always rely on your inner strength and motivation and determination to go out there and achieve your goals and don't let outside factors stop you from going out and achieving those things.
0: Instead of regretting over the past and really worry about the future, it's more important to really pay attention to the now and to what you have, what you're experiencing, and really focus on what you're 100%. Right. Niholeng, what's your quote this week?
2: Well, my quote this week is, you will never find time for anything. Oh, if you want time, you must make it. <laughs> that is also uh, that has something to do with my current situation. I feel like I'm super busy with family, with work, and I feel like I don't have time to to improve myself, to read, or to um, write anything for myself. I, it Just I feel like I don't have time until mm. I realize you will never have time for anything. I realize I can still make little time to. Um, watch some videos that I enjoy. I realize I still can make a little time to talk to friends that I enjoy being with. And I realize I make time for the things that I think matter. And I realize I need to make time for the things that are essential to personal growth, essential to being a better version of myself. And I, if I continue to complain that there is nothing, there's no time for anything, I will never make the time, mm. which is why this quote really is like a wake-up call. It's yeah. not that motivating to a certain extent, but no, it, it is. definitely, right? I
1: think it is because it, it, it means you need to conscience, consciously select your priorities. And I think if you do that, then you make time for things in your life that are the most important. So you might not have time for other things that aren't necessarily very important to you, but it does mean that you should prioritize certain things, and then you are able to make time for those things no matter how busy you are.
2: Yes, and which is why I really like this quote. And after reading this quote about you want you need to make time for it. I started to uh, figure out or try to think about how to make time for things that I want to do. For example, for those of you who are suffering from the same situation, thinking that you're too busy doing anything or too busy reading, start by listening to some Audible books. Uh, start by listening to Roundtable, where you can enjoy <laughs> a little bit of fresh news and, and also enjoy yourself a little bit. So listening in your commute time when you're doing house chores would be a good start and also for those of you who feel like you don't have time for yourself try in a month maybe pick a day and um, uh, get up one hour early Mm. and get out of your house. Do a little bit of exercise or find a nice little shop to enjoy a good breakfast or simply enjoy sunrise if you're that early. But just enjoy (laughs) the view of the city in the center of the city. You will notice something that you have never noticed before and you will feel like living, the sense of living is coming back to you a little bit. It just takes a
1: little bit of planning and prioritizing. A little bit of planning.
2: And for those of you who feel like you have no surprise, no the element of surprise in your life, you might want to get off one station or one stop ahead during or on your way home. So get off the train or get off the subway or get off the bus, just one stop early and walk home. As While a foreigner, I wouldn't home.
1: do that. I'd be too scared, yeah, of, it, not too scared an, of getting lost. <laughs> not a good
2: advice for Brendan. <laughs> yeah. But for those of you who can actually find your way home, you might be able to discover little shops, little coffee shops yeah, yeah, yeah. or little uh, news stores. stores grocery, grocery stores where you can examine
0: the fresh limes.
2: Yes, that too. Always
0: good to explore your surroundings.
2: A little bit makes you feel a little bit happier. And one uh, last thing is if you want to pamper yourself a little bit, be nice to yourself or at least find a two go or place when you're feeling. Distressed or feeling um, less happy, you can make a list of the things you want to do or make a list of, um, for example, a restaurant that is you feel like it's too expensive. You cannot go there just willy-nilly every day, but you can put it on your list. You can... Be
1: careful of the lighting at the restaurants. <laughs> That's also very important. <laughs>
2: or you can um, put down a really long movie that you can never find time to watch. Or you can put down the name of a friend that you haven't called for a really long time, but you really like, and when you're feeling sad, when you're unhappy, pick a thing on the list that you'd like to do. Yes. That would give you a good mood. A so one
1: of my favorite things.
2: <laughs> you can always <laughs> find time to do the things that really matters to you. Don't be buried in everyday things. Yes. Be nice to yourself and also improve yourself.
0: Just sleep a few fewer hours and then do more on, <laughs> add more on your to-do list, and then you sleep you, less, you'll, do, you'll do make more. Time. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll make time. Yeah, you'll make time. My quote is uh, actually a poem uh, from a Sun dynasty poet who calls himself Mei Po, who likely lived in the Sun dynasty from the 12th to the 13th century. And he was writing about about, uh, wintertime, about uh, the uh, plum blossom and the snow. And the poem goes like this. The plum blossom and the snow, which one is the harbinger of spring? For surely the snow stands out in its brightness yet the flower makes up with the hint of fragrance. So uh, Chinese pois often pit one against the other, the the, bl- uh, the plum blossom and winter, uh, and the snow, because they both appear in wintertime and they look white. And uh, uh, they, they both indicate the turn of the season and the advent of the spring. They look very much alike, and both are endowed with a good deal of symbolism. The snow is often associated with purity, mm. joy, and good harvest while the plum blossom often embodies resilience and tenacity. More often than not, poets favor the plum blossom as they uh, attribute good virtues worthy of gentlemen scholar, such as themselves. Hmm. And this poem, uh, in, in contrast, presents a different perspective as these two icons, acknowledging the unique characteristics of both, and in so doing, some critics believe this poet pointed to the reality that we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and that we shouldn't be smug about our strengths and neglect our flaws. Mm. So uh, the plum blossom may not as bright, may not be as bright as the snow, but it has its own unique fragrance. And then again, the snow is uh, brighter than the plum blossom. So they each have their strengths and weaknesses.
2: I always thought this poem was to praise the plum. Uh Uh, Plum plum Blossom Instead of Showcasing two Different characteristics Of both Now I have But that's the great thing About poetry You've got different uh,
1: Interpretations
0: Of the the context Absolutely Motivating
2: and soothing For winter time
0: That's I hope uh, That's what I hope You could take away For this week's Motivational Monday Thank you for listening This is all the time We have for today's Discussion at Roundtable